Hello. Hello, Michael. How are you? Are you well? I'm well, and it worked perfectly, Aidan. Fair play to you. No problem, no problem. Yeah, so, um, well, you're welcome to this week's um, Ross Sport, Ross Gama, or Sports View Extra with myself, Aidan Raftery, and shows kindly sponsored by Heinz Pharmacy here in Roscommon Town. And now, now it's time for um, Formula One, Formula One view with um, with our uh, Formula One expert Michael O'Grady. Hello, Michael. How are you? Not too bad at all, Aidan. How are you keeping yourself? Not too bad. No, not too bad. Yeah. So um, another another interesting week in the world of uh, Formula One. Yeah. Well, it's been a couple of weeks now since I've been talking to you, and of course, as usual in Formula One, it never stands still. Uh, it's always no. good old fun. Uh, in the news at the minute, I know Ferrari are having a having a great time. Uh, having begun his career in Ferrari in 1995, the team principal of Ferrari, Matteo Bonotto, has witnessed plenty of highs and lows in uh, Ferrari in the last while. But he says now. He's going to use some lessons he learned from the glorious Michael Schumacher years to bring the team back to the front of the grid, which is good to hear because, <laughs> to be, be well, quite no, honest no with you, they've been no underperforming. Sorry? No better man to learn from no, than the master. You, and it has been a bit of a disaster. So he's, he, he's trying to reconstruct the team, basically. Uh, and right. he remembers what happened back in the years when jean Todd, Ross Braun, Rory Byrne and Michael Schumacher were at the helm, of course. Uh, that led to five Drivers' World Championships and six Constructors' Championships between 1999 and 2004. So he's aiming to try and bring that back to the heady old days of Ferrari. And uh, that's a good bit of news, at least, because we, I think Ferrari are looking for something these days. They've been drooling dreadfully, which is, you know, what can you say? Also, just ahead of the latest Tuscan Grand Prix there, well, the one on last week, um, Sebastian Vettel is making a move to Racing Point next year um, as the team transition into the Aston Martin work squad. Now, this is going to be a bit of a head wrecker for me because I have to be, I have to tell you, Ferrari are my favourite F1 team, always have been. They're the most successful Formula 1 team of all time. But of course, I'm partial to Aston Martins too. I don't know if it's the James Bond coming out of me or what. <laughs> but I've always I'm telling you, I've always been partial to Aston Martin. So I, I think I'm going to be scratching my head on, on a few people. Um, but it's the announcement followed on from Sergio Perez's re- revelation that day that he would leave the squad at the end of the year after seven seasons. Now, whether he's left the squad or has been told Sebastian Vettel's coming in, I. I have no idea. But what was also very interesting in that is they've been rival for decades, but Lewis Hamilton has expressed his delight that long-time rival Sebastian Vettel will remain in the F1 grid next year. I've just been reading that one sentence. But personally, it being Hamilton, he's about as compassionate as a hungry tiger to a hurt gazelle. Uh, and there's probably mm. a reason. Probably Vettel is way out of the way, as Aston Martin will need a few years to pick up the pace. But look... That's what he has said. Sebastian Vettel, regardless, is going to the Aston Martin F1 team in 2021. He had actually considered retiring, but has decided not to, which we wish him all the best of luck and hopefully he'll do quite well there and be, be back in fighting you're, spirit. You're always, waiting the, you're always waiting in the wings anyway to take over from Marcia. Oh, I'm sure you know yourself. I taught Sebastian all he knows. Now, I didn't teach him all. I didn't <laughs> teach him all, right and all that jazz. <laughs> exactly. I didn't teach him all I know now, you know, but... Uh, I taught him all he knows. Well, back to a couple of weeks ago, of course, we had uh, 
the famous uh, Italian Grand Prix at Monza, which was, well, it was a bit of a standard fare, which was a, a bit unfortunate. It, it is it is getting to the stage now where no one is developing anything and everyone's just, if your car is bad, your car is bad. If your car is good, your car is good. Because, of course, next year is coming up very quickly uh, and the races are just week on, week on, week on, week on. And, and no one can really develop a car much with that sort of, I suppose, intense racing going on. Because normally they'd have a summer break and during the summer break, uh, no one would have a break. Uh, they'd be testing and improving the car, which they haven't been able to do this year. So it's pretty much it's pretty much what it is. But in, in the Monza itself, uh, started from P2. I remember Valtteri Bottas's race began disastrously uh, with yeah. Hamilton making a perfect getaway from pole, uh, and Carlos Sainz's launch was easy. He passed Bottas as if he was in he was still in reverse gear. Um, which was a pity. Um, Bottas's fortunes. Oh, so he's showing off. He's doing the race in reverse, is he? Absolutely showing off how fast he is. And what was he? Or should I say, go boating like yourself, yourself and Paul Egan when you're when, when you're in the when you're in the Formula One cars, you know, showboating in reverse. Absolutely, I'm telling you, it's the only way we can chase her. We we can go slow enough for everyone else to keep up with us. <laughs> I think you're watching too much Dukes of Hazard there, you know. I think I am, but you know yourself, the old Dukes of Hazard can be a great thing. <laughs> That's what you could call your, your Formula One team. Yeah, the Dukes of Hazard. Yeah. <laughs> I think the Wexfordians of Hazard would be way better, really, wouldn't it? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think most people would stay away from us then. <laughs> the Wexicans. Absolutely. But um, with the Italian Grand Prix, it, it was it was set to go worse, would you believe, for Bottas, which was was actually quite surprising because lap five, it was Hamilton was in the lead from two McLarens. We ain't seen that yeah. one in a long time. Sainz and Norris uh, and then Perez and poor Bottas pulling up in fifth, um, which was really unusual, I have to say. And, and, and Ferrari being, well, well, <laughs> Vettel hadn't gained many positions from his... P17 start so you know as they say they weren't making too many uh, impressions there and as he as he pounded through the the, the, the polystyrene boards uh, on turn one his brakes failed so um, yeah Ferrari's days weren't particularly good the race was turned on his head mind you by a safety car brought out uh, as mm. Kevin Magnussen uh, uh, his, his Haas car had to be recovered from a little breakdown but uh, Hamilton driving into the pits when it was closed as did Alfa Romeo's Antonio Giovanni, he landed himself a penalty. I didn't think Hamilton would ever get a penalty. <laughs> but he's I tell you, managed... you're a double team, Yeah, he's actually managed to get one. Hey! Uh, there's, uh, Antonio... there, there, there's something he can brag about to the grandkids. Absolutely. Uh, he served after the race was restarted. Anyhow, not 28 to 53. Following a 25-minute red flag period, Paul caused by... Unfortunately, my guy Charles Leclerc, as he crashed into Parabolica, oh my God, it was such a crash! I am not joking you. Um, really, uh, I think a lot of people were were surprised he got out of it, got out of that car, and just just walked away. We we're expecting something to be missing at that stage, you know. But it was it was a reasonably good twenty twenty uh, uh, Italian Grand Prix. And so Alpha Tori, there's another brand you don't heard of. Pierre Gasly claimed a mating Formula One win. Pierre Gasly won the race. Uh, which was absolutely wow. 
absolute insanity, to be quite honest with you. Nobody saw that coming. If you had to put a, a bet on that one, you'd have made um, you'd have made right a, a, an awful lot of money, to be quite honest <laughs> with you. But the, the top 10, it was a weird one because of the massive crash and because of um, Hamilton running through the pits when he wasn't supposed to. Um, Pierre Gasly, as I said, wonder is surprising. Carlos Sainz in a McLaren second, and Lance Stroll in Racing Point in third. It was a really unusual race. Valtteri Bottas again, fifth, running around the place, thinking his car can't do anything, and he finishes ahead of Hamilton, who is seventh. It was a bit of an insane race. Uh, it was a bit. Crazy. That wouldn't have gone down too well in the in the Hamilton camp at all. Well, I don't think the Hamilton camp is particularly happy about that. And that's an absolute another story which we're appearing on um, in a couple of minutes. Um, because, well, actually, I'll say it now uh, with the Tuscan Grand Prix that ran. Um, Mercedes appeared to deny Valtteri Bottas' request to be put on an alternative strategy to Lewis Hamilton. Uh, that was around midway through the actual race itself. Uh, they had fitted himself in Hamilton with, with hard tyres. But um, Mercedes had their hand forced in the British Grand Prix with tyre issues, of course, that threatened to derail the race. And having watched Hamilton retake the lead under the safety car, he started Bottas, brilliantly stalled it off him in the original race start. And, but then he put in a request to change, and uh, basically he was told no. Now, who can say what exactly were going on there? Mercedes have put out a bit of PR on the subject and all that, but... Uh, Valtteri Bottas feels, how should I put it, very unhappy. And considering that his, he's been a very good driver for them and that his contract is up at the end of this year, they may lose Valtteri if they're not very careful. And he is, he is not a bad driver. He is second to Hamilton, who an awful lot of people are saying has been pushed forward the whole time. Uh, Valtteri is a great little driver. I think if they gave him a bit of his time, he could get somewhere. But... That's the way it is, as they say. Uh, and then back to the Tuscan Grand Prix in Muganello. I don't know why they call it the Tuscan Grand Prix. They should have just called it the Italian Tuscan Grand Prix. But it was absolutely yeah. brilliant with the first ever Grand Prix with Lewis Hampton taking victory for Mercedes uh, by Valtteri Bottas in a, a packed race. Uh, two dramatic multi-crashes with the first nine drivers, two red flag stoppages, and uh, an exciting finale that culminated in Alex Amb Albon scoring his first F1 podium. There's a lot of firsts in the last two races, and it has been good to see. Uh, the cars are not being developed, which is, is one thing, but I think the crashes and that, <laughs> well, that kind of throws a spanner in the works. A bit of rain now wouldn't go astray on some of them <laughs> at this stage as well. Yeah. But Hamilton holding on to his 90th career win from Bottas, and Albon pulling off a fantastic move, I have to admit, on, on Danny Ricciardo to claim that important third with eight laps to go. Now, a lot of people have criticised Albon, um, saying like he is in one of the lower teams because he isn't the best driver in the world. But Danny Ricciardo is no slouch. And to uh, be over, to overtake him, oh, that's kind of proving a point there, really. What was really interesting about yeah. the race is only 12 people finished. <laughs> Which no, was... A bit of a shock, you know, for a land on horse. It's like a horse race in in an entry. Absolutely, <laughs> and land on horse <laughs> was sixth for McLaren, uh, ahead of the others. Uh, uh, Alpha Santori of uh, or Alpha Tori, sorry, of uh, Danny uh, Danny Kvyat, uh, and Ferrari's Charles Leclerc classified eighth uh, at the team's one thousand Grand Prix. Now I can tell you, 
Ferrari did want to pull something out of the bag there for their thousand Grand Prix. And I reckon this is one of the reasons for Bonotto's recent announcements because, you know, it's your 1,000 Grand Prix. You're the most successful Formula One team of all time and you can't pull something out of the bag for that. The cars are... Are literally dreadful this year. I mean, to be able to be beaten by by people like Alpha Tori and people like that, you know, you're 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 going down the back of the grid. So, look, that's the way it is, I guess, and that's the way that's the way racing goes. Um, Alfa Romeo's Kenny Kimi Raikkonen was ninth, uh, even though he received a five second race penalty, which I thought was quite good. Would the second Ferrari of Sebastian Vettel be number ten? I think Sebastian's heart isn't in it at the minute. I think he just wants to go to. Um, Aston Martin at this stage and get the hell out of that Ferrari car. Um, to and be honest with you, tub, is, is, get into the top. Exactly, it's not a good decision to be making because obviously Aston Martin are watching what he's doing and um, being able to race for his his team and maybe his is the team he's leaving um, would be very important. But anyway, last two uh, places went to George Russell and Williams and Roman Grosjean in twelfth. It's very unusual we can talk about all 12 drivers, but are all the drivers in the race? But in this case, there was only 12 left. <laughs> so they all deserve a say, don't they? Yeah, well, that's it. <laughs> so I suppose next weekend, or this weekend coming, I should say, we're going to go forward to the VTB Russian Grand Prix of 2020. 53 laps, a circuit length of 5.848 kilometers that's very very accurate you'd have to admit and a race distance of uh near nearly 310 kilometers the, the lap record is by lewis hamilton in 2019 uh it occupies a, a beautiful spot on the black sea actually i don't know if you know where uh sochi is but it's one of russia's top beach resorts uh, uh and uh while the race is oh, kind it's a bit reminiscent to Kirklow, like in Wexford, you know, one of the top beaches yeah. in the country. You know what I mean? You know what I, you know what I mean. <laughs> That's right, yeah. yeah. Well, it's it, it's peculiar this year because, of course, it's early autumn, um, which means it's just about warm enough if you want to work on your tan, Aiden, if you're heading over that far, perhaps. There you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I go a nice, I go a nice brown. All right, yeah, yeah. Well, now more, if you, if if you more, more like more like the the, the color of a rasher now, more like a burnt <laughs> uh, kind of uh, shade of brown, you know. Oh well, I find us being Irish, we're kind or of, no red. Yeah, yeah, I should say red. Us being Irish, we're kind of a bluey white, really, aren't we? We need a kind of a week in the sun to go white. Yeah, a colour, we've created our own colour, I think. Absolutely, you know, people say you're white, we're not, we're bluey white. <laughs> well, hey, look on the bright side, it's, it's, the city's Winter Olympics was fantastic with the ski sessions out there. Unfortunately, I don't think they'll be open uh, 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 when the Formula One's out there, but you know, if Aidan wanted to go out and get a suntan, you know, you could be white in the space of a week, I would dare say. <laughs> <laughs> I would give you full credit. I would say Aiden's trip to Sochi as sponsored by Michael O'Grady. That would sound okay to me, you know, but I'd have to go uh, Michael O'Grady Limited or something, wouldn't I? You know, something like that, you know, just to make it sound better like we're an organization. Well, if you're if you're getting if you're going to watch the Sochi Grand Prix, Channel Four again is the best place to watch it. Channel Four Player, if you haven't, because that is one of the few UK players available in Ireland, and it's actually very very good. Um, but if you are watching it, fantastic race. There's going to be a bit of overtaking into that uh, turn two, because um, the, set, the last corner, turn eighteen, 
literally flies down to turn one, which really the Formula One cars don't take as a turn. The Formula portion that do take it as a turn, but no Formula One cars flat out. And so, and it's DRS zone between one and two. So I would expect cars to be hurtling at, well, speeds they probably shouldn't be down at, I'd say. I, I don't think you're going to get any more real dicing until we say turn 11, 12 and 13, which again, to, to may as well be a straight. Uh, <laughs> there's no turning there for Formula One car. And of course it's DRS yeah. again, but turn 13 is a 90 sharp, 90 degree bend. So I'd hold on if I was any of the drivers on that one. There could be a bit of a, I reckon I predict there's going to be a bit of mayhem, maybe either turn 13 or turn two, if people are going to start falling off the track as they did recently. <laughs> So, who, who, what um, team or what driver do you think uh, this track will suit best? Uh, I, I, I think it's it's kind of, unless there's an accident or something goes wrong or someone runs out of fuel, I think it's going to be same old, same old, unfortunately. Uh, it's going to be McLaren or Mercedes, I should say, in, in, in first and second. There's, there'd be no excuse for him for the rest of the season not to get first or second, to be quite honest with you, unless one of them crashes or gets a penalty, uh, because the cars are just not being developed. Um, they say they are, but they're not. Ferrari are going backwards, I think, and so are one or two of the teams. McLaren's coming forward slightly, but I think that's only because the rest of the teams aren't developing. They're just not developing. Red Bull, right. Sebastian Vettel's heart's not in us, let's face it. Uh, with Red Bull, they seem to be just same old, same old the whole time. So I think what you've seen today is, bar perhaps the two Italian Grand Prix, um, what you've seen today is, is, is unfortunately going to be the rest of the season, which, which you look, oh, we're having a bit of fun with a few, uh, the last two Italian races, so you never know, maybe it'll bring up a bit more now in the following races, we can only hope. <laughs> that's it, that's it, so uh, plenty to look forward to Formula One wise. Um, how, do you see the, how do you see the qualifying going this uh, weekend? Again, I, I say it's going to be exceptionally boring. Um, unless, of course, again, there's an accident. I can see Ferrari trying to do a massive push. I mean, it's, it's in Charles Leclerc's best interest to get a good start and to get right up there at the front. But I don't think it's as critical to be on the front row um, this particular race. I think if you're on the second row and you can keep up with the Mercedes, um, I think there's, there's, there is turn two and turn 13. If you can get a run on somebody with a DRS on it, and you're a good driver, and the somebody you're coming at uh, knows you're there, shall we say, and is a good enough driver that if you're beside him to give you the space, um, I think if you're on second row of the grid, you could actually take this race very, very easy, because between turns 2 and 10, and between turns 13 and 18, ugh, there's too many sharp 90-degree turns, nobody's going to go by anybody on this. Well, unless somebody is in the wrong gear, or crashes, or... <laughs> <laughs> or something yeah, yeah. so I, I'd say first or second row but I think if the Mercedes lock out the first row I think there's a good possibility of that in, in, in qualifying I really do and I think running by Ferrari's track record now or the last few races oh no I'd say you've got to be talking about third or fourth row on the grid I can see Red Bull being ahead of him and I can see Max Verstappen with the bit between his teeth because uh, Max always has the bit between his teeth he, he's another guy that if you yeah. give him a weedy bit he'll find some way to drive it fast <laughs> all he has to do is put an engine to it absolutely absolutely a wheelie bin in a Formula One race. <laughs> It'd be interesting. When you think of it this way, right? If you had, we say, uh, a 20-year-old 
field punto, right? That could barely run right. and you couldn't get out of second gear and you're racing the Formula One race. Hey, at least you'd finish your Formula One race. Well, this is it. You might be 50 laps behind. <laughs> but you'd... Yeah, but you see, the thing the thing about the, um, you know, you know, if you were do, if you were using a wheelie bin, it would be just rubbish, wouldn't it, really? No, well, it would be rubbish to drive around, all right, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think, I, I don't think people get, uh, get the concept of how fast... These cars, how fast are. Is. absolutely. <laughs> you know, if you, <laughs> we say, for example, you put the worst Formula One car on the grid up against, we say, something like a Bugatti Veyron. The Veyron has a higher top speed. Oh, interesting comparison. A interesting comparison, but the Veyron will not be able to stay even, even within near the Formula One car. I remember David Coulthard did a job there years ago, and um, he was racing against the top. Mercedes AMG tuned car fastest thing that they had and uh, they started the race uh, David Coulthard was sitting on the side of his Formula 1 car and they got about a quarter of the way around the race uh, David Coulthard was having a cup of tea and they got nearly they got just about two thirds around the racetrack before Coulthard's car was started and he still bet him across the flag uh, they're just so incredibly fast and um, such road holding I think he was six times faster around one of the corners than the, the Mercedes AMG. You know, you think these road yeah. cars are fast compared to Formula One cars. Yeah, serious engine, isn't it? Sorry? The AMG is a serious engine. Oh, it is. It's a very serious engine. Uh, when I was in Monza there, they had the Porsche Cup. And, um, you know, they're turbocharged, tweaked and everything. And I can tell you, these things were fast. Absolutely. Yeah. Chain lightning fast. And then the Formula One cars come along. It goes through the chicane and then it's kind of where did it go? <laughs> you know, and it was the slowest chicane on the track. And it's kind of, where did it go? You just don't see it heading off into the distance. It's gone so fast. You know, they're, yeah. they're just incredible machines. You know, they're, they really are something else. Um, it'd be great if they did a display or something in Ireland, I have to admit. I, I, I was at one years ago for when the Tyrrell company retired. They did kind of, they toured around the world and did a bit of a show. And they, they brought the cars to... Um, Mar not, what's, the, what's the one called in Dublin again? It'll come back to me. There's a oh, Mondello Park. Mondello Park. Thank you very much. Um, they apologised. Well, well, they they apologised because they said they couldn't get the cars up to speed because the track straights were too short. Um, but I can tell you, these things move, even on a narrow track, even around a tight corner or something else. I'd like to see somebody else doing that. It was interesting a, to a see. A trip from Dublin now down to Wexford now, that would that, be a great way of warming up the cars. Well, now, in fairness, after you get past where Avoca is there in Kill Mechanic, you have a fairly good shot all the way down to about... Um, What's it called again? Oil gate. Uh, it's all motorway all the way down. Yeah. So, you know, if you, if you gave me a Formula One car, you could time me if you liked. There you go. That'll be something else. <laughs> but I suppose uh, moving on to the car of the week. The car of the week is a car that I know yourself, I know you have your eye on this. And I know you were going to put a deposit on it, but you bought something more expensive. I know you did. It's the new Audi. A not to. It's the new Audi A3. Now, as we know, Audis have a, a reputation. Uh, we won't say any more than that. Uh, but it yeah. is this thing is, yeah, it, it's an incredible car. It's been, it's been mildly tweaked is the engine uh, of the turbocharged two liter. Um, it's a four cylinder engine yeah. of the outgoing version, basically. And now we're up to 306 horsepower. 
which is, you know, absolutely incredible. Serious turn of speed, serious fun. And I can go from now on to 100 kilometers in 4.8 seconds. Now, we're talking about serious car at that stage, as you know yourself. Uh, a few years yeah. ago, that would have been considered supercar performance. But unfortunately, the supercars have pushed on a bit further again. Um, who the hell gets to drive them at these sort of acceleration speeds is beyond me. But anyway, um, the S3, it's also um, benefits from a particularly clever uh, four-wheel drive system. I, I think it's the Quattro, um, Audi call it all the time, which is just four, really, uh, which yeah. can apportion the, 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 the drive the front and rear in a more sophisticated way um, compared to, I suppose, older S3s. It sounds very complicated, to be honest with you, but essentially it, it operates as a four-wheel drive or a, a front-wheel drive car, or sort of a, uh, when it's cruising. But once the, the car's sort of computer or brain detects slip or needs extra traction when accelerating with a very heavy right foot, which is kind of, you know, uh, myself and Paul Egan, <laughs> or driving on a loose <laughs> surface, it can send 100% of the car power engine to the rear wheels are, are, are basically distributed between the four wheels. It's very clever stuff, really, when you think about it. And um, yeah. it's, it's a very nice car. Now, the recommended retail price, we have not been given an Irish price yet because I, I, I'm kind of... I, I'm not the biggest Audi fan in the world, but I'd, I'd pop down for a spin in this now, I have to admit. Um, but the recommended retail in the UK starts at 26.6. Uh, sterling, so that's going to be probably about 60,000 euros. <laughs> no, there you go. I, I'd say you'd be looking at the 40 mark personally, yeah. Yeah, again, it gets to well, this. I suppose far less you get the power, yeah. Well, that's very true. But you know, yourself with the exchange rate now and the VRT we charge here, I, I, I'd say you're looking at about 40,000, whether it's worth it or not. Is it's kind of a play thing, really, isn't it? I mean, you're not going to be, you know, unless you're pulling onto the motorway, you're you're not really going to go from. I zero suppose it, it comes down to it comes down to personal taste, really, about what what a person looks for in a car. Well, so very what, true. What one person like someone else mightn't like, you know, that kind of way. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, if you're if you're cruising down to Roscommon and you're you're on the main road there or whatever, and you're doing like eighty kilometers per hour and something with that sort of power in it um you know it, it kind of seems as if you know you're you're wasting your time i mean even being able to go from now to 104.8 seconds jesus you want to be quick now on the gearbox but we won't go there yeah. but how often would you actually get to do that i suppose on a road you know it's yeah. uh, it depends on what you want if you're going for a track day, you're not you're not on the autobahn over here like you yeah, know well that's very true you know but again you see i've been on the <laughs> autobahn a few times myself unfortunately i wasn't driving but um, I was over on a training course uh, in Germany and Denmark, and we, we managed to get on the autobahn a couple of times. And it, it's like everything. The, the guy that was driving us had, um, he had a BMW, uh, big, yeah. big, big job, massively powerful M-Class. And, you know, he decided to show off. So he pulled onto the autobahn and took off like a bat out of hell. But then he kind of yeah. got to the speed that he wanted to travel at. Uh, and that was it. Yeah. You know, that was it at that stage. You, you can't suddenly slow down to take off again. On a bit, you know, when I was in Germany as well, and um, you know, we were going to Bonn on a college trip, and I have to say, you know, it feels like we say, for example, that you'd be only going at a, at fifty miles an hour. Yeah. And you look at the speedometer, and it's over a hundred mile an hour. Just for example, like yeah, you're going faster than you'd actually think you were going. If you know what I mean. Yeah, I to a certain extent, all right. Yeah. What what I'd like to see is an autobahn in Italy. 
because I, I have yeah. to admit when I was driving there a couple of years ago um, down the main road with the speed limits being what the speed limits are um, you, you could just basically go up and throw an extra <laughs> through the speed limits and um, and drive like a maniac I, I overtook in the outside lane on the uh, national roadway and it's listed yeah. as 130 kilometers per hour and my little rented Ford Fabia was screaming at me at 165 and uh, a guy came up in a Renault Scenic like I was stopped. Um, I had to get out of the way very quickly. They do not like slowing down. So I, I'd like to see an autobahn in Italy and see what happens next. <laughs> I tell you, the guards, the guards would have some crack trying to uh, trying to catch up with that. I, think, I am telling you the would, you know. I am telling you the <laughs> <laughs> I sure it's all good fun, isn't it? Well, sure, this is it. So long as you stay within the speed limit, because right, so um, exactly. we don't condone, we don't condone uh, breaking the speed limit you know, on this show. But, no, um, not at least our, our our massive accelerating just to show off either. Yeah, safe driving yeah, yeah. is the same. Yeah, you know, um, save yourself getting penalty points. But um, okay, well, listen, thanks very much for uh, for doing Formula One view uh, this week, and we look forward to uh, looking back at the at uh, this weekend's Grand Prix and looking looking towards the next one. No problem, Zayden. Talk to you next week, mate. Okay, no problem. And that was Mike O'Grady, our Formula One expert. <laughs>